0: Thank
1: Father, right now where we're standing in this place, God, I just want to invite you in this place. Father, I invite your presence to fill this place. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Have your way in this place. Let your will be done, not ours. God, we come to worship you. We come to glorify your holy name and do whatever it is that you have in store for today. You've planned today before the beginning of time. And we look forward to seeing what it is that you have planned. So come, Holy Spirit, come. We invite you, we make a place for you, inhabit the praises of your people. Cause i'm coming with a heart of worship i'm bringing in a brand new song i'm ready to see the unthinkable i'm ready for a miracle hearts praying for a fresh encounter souls looking to the living god i'm ready for a real revival oh holy spirit come like a flood like a fire Holy Spirit, fall in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. on the edge of a new beginning God we know you have so much more we're looking to a new horizon we're praying for your rain to pour and overflowing of true redemption and overflowing of your kingdom we're ready for a real revival Oh Holy Spirit come like a flood like a fire Holy Spirit in this place fill our hearts holy spirit come like a flood like a fire holy spirit come holy spirit come we're on the edge of a new beginning we know you have so much more we're looking to a new horizon we're praying for your rain to pour and overflowing of true redemption and overflowing of your kingdom we're ready for real revival oh holy spirit come like a flood like a fire holy spirit for in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit come Like a flood, like a fire Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Oh can you feel it? Heaven is reaching oh can you hear it our god is speaking oh can you see it he's got your healing oh just receive it receive the freedom oh can you feel it
2: heaven is reaching
3: oh can you hear
1: you see he's got God's your healing oh just receive it. receive the freedom come like a flood like a fire holy spirit fall in this place fill our hearts and holy spirit come like a flood Like a fire Holy Spirit Fall in this place Fill our hearts Oh Holy Spirit Come like a flood Like a fire Holy Spirit Fall in this place Fill our hearts Holy Spirit Come like a flood Like a fire Holy Spirit Come Holy Spirit come Oh can you feel it? Heaven is reaching Oh can you hear it? Our God is speaking oh can you see it he's got your healing oh just receive it receive the freedom oh can you feel it Come like a flood, like a fire Holy Spirit, pour in this place Fill our hearts And Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Oh, come Holy Spirit in this place Have your way, have your way. the world That tonight and this morning again, let your glory and your power, let your majesty and word flood the earth, flood the earth. Let your cry this morning.
2: Flood the earth, oh, yeah. So break down the walls. Push back the dark light of the world, move in our
1: hearts. Heaven. Oh heaven! Singing again, break down the walls. Break down the walls. Push back the dark light of the world, move in our hearts. Heaven. Power. Let your majesty in word flood the earth, flood the earth, let the rumors of your kingdom let your name
2: without reserve,
1: flood the earth, flood the earth, let your glory and your power Let your majesty and word flood the earth, flood the earth. Let the rumors of your kingdom, let your name without reserve, flood the earth, flood the earth. To come and flood this earth. God, if there's ever a time that we need your spirit, if there's ever a time that we need you, Father, it's now. It's now, Lord. We call on you to come. Come, Lord, come, Lord. Let your presence rest in this place and on this earth. Oh, yeah.
2: tell me
3: Corinthians chapter 3. Listen, 1st Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12. Our God is a consuming fire. We're gonna take communion. The ushers are getting ready and they're delivering the elements. But man, as I was standing there, it was so heavy on my heart. This fellowship, this intimacy, this communion, this koinoniais that we're about to experience is so important. Because listen, the day of the judgment of the Lord is coming. The judgment of the Lord is a serious thing because we serve a consuming fire, a God who is all-consuming. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, I don't typically do communion like this but the judgment of the Lord is so heavy upon my heart the day of the Lord when we stand and we look in the eyes of fire of the one who is coming one day listen we're gonna stand and we're gonna look in Jesus's eyes and we're gonna look in his eyes of fire and and if we're found to be without Jesus the one that we look at is the only one that can save us and he's gonna bring judgment and wrath upon us if we're found without him. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12. If anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, say the day, the day, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. Say fire. It will be revealed with fire and fire will test the quality of each person's work. If it has been built and it survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer a loss, but will be saved. Even though it's escaping through flames, just barely slipping under the gates. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 9, Since we have now been justified by His blood, How much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God that is to come. Listen, Jesus is coming back. And I know we say that in church and we say amen and glory and hallelujah. But look, the time is now. Last week Pastor Bob preached upon the time when God enters in. The time is now. I was talking to a friend this week. When we stand and we look in the eyes of fire, we look at Jesus, it won't be this blue eyed white Jesus. It'll be eyes of fire. And if we're found to be without Christ, we will experience the judgment of God. The one who can save us is the one who's bringing judgment upon us. It's, it's the judgment of the Lord is coming. So when we take part in communion this morning, that needs to be on the forefront of our mind. Listen, this is not just a religious ritual that we come and we do the second Sunday of every month. But, it, but it, it's so serious, man. It's the intimacy and the relationship that we have with Jesus. And if you do not walk with Jesus, you are condemned to hell for eternity. And that's what the gospel teaches. That's the reality of the judgment of the Lord, that it's coming. And in that moment, there's no, God, it's it's over. It's eternal. Depart from me for I never knew you. So this, this sacrament that we're practicing this morning and we're taking part in, it's It's an outward expression of our relationship with Jesus in the fact that I'm in communion with him. Kononius, I'm in relationship with him. Because, you know what? He is the one that saves me from the wrath to come. He is the one that covers me. He is the one that protects me. He is the one that saves me. Because on the day of the Lord, on the day of judgment, if I'm found without him, depart from me. Because I never knew you. The fear of the Lord, the judgment, because just like we sung a moment ago, He's holy. God is holy. He's a consuming fire and He loves us. So I want to be thinking about it. We're going to sing that chorus one more time, Pastor Nick. We're going to sing that, that and, and I want that to be on our mind. And you know what? At Life Church, we practice open communion. So all it means is that if you're welcome to take communion with us, but you have got to be a follower of the Lord. This is serious. This is this is serious. You've got to be a follower of the Lord. You have got to know that Jesus is your Savior. And by, by making that confession, you can take communion with us and be in, in communion with us. But... You know what? Before we take the elements, let's really search our heart this morning and make sure that you know what? I want to be found in Jesus on the day of judgment. I want to be found in Jesus because he is the only salvation. He is the only one that is going to protect me for the wrath of God that is to come. Pastor Nick. Hallelujah, Lord. You are holy. Yes, God. yes God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus his eyes of fire his hair like wool his feet like burnished bronze power and authority power and authority not this blue eyed Jesus but power and he's coming back on a horse thank you Lord Thank you Jesus, like you? Like you. forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Our God is an all-consuming fire.
1: Our God is an all. Consuming fire. My God is
3: in all fire. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse 23. James, I don't have any elements. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night. That he was betrayed. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was betrayed so that we can be saved. Jesus was betrayed so that we can place our faith in him. Jesus was betrayed so that we can be saved from the wrath to come. God forgive us of our sins. Lord, as we do this in remembrance of you, we remember that you are the only salvation, that you are the only name under heaven and earth that by which man can be saved. You are the protection from the wrath that will come upon the earth one day. You are the salvation from hell, eternal punishment, and we place our faith in you, God, and we we remember what you did. We remember that you brought reconciliation on the cross. We remember that it was your blood that shed that reconciled us to God and helped us to walk in our rightful place as sons. Adoptions as sons. In Jesus' name. Let's take the bread together. Hallelujah, Lord. In the same manner, after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat it this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes god thank you for the covenant of your blood thank you for the new covenant Thank you that you shed your blood to reconcile us to the Father. You shed your blood to reconcile us to God. That we can walk in our identity as sons and daughters. Forgive us of our sins. Cover our sin. And and help us to be found in you. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Well, this morning we're going to pray over a couple things. We're going to pray for spiritual revival in the nation. We're going to pray for individuals in our church family here today that are represented. There's individuals going through situations, going through struggles. Let's stay standing this morning. I don't want to disengage. I don't want to disconnect. And lastly, we're going to pray for gifts and ministries to manifest. Are you ready to pray this morning? Listen, there's individuals that have gifts of prophecy in this place. There's individuals that have gift of tongues and interpretation. And we want to see God use you in that. Amen. Father, we come before you this morning and we honor you. Come on, church. Let's go to the throne room. God, we pray for spiritual revival. God, we believe in revival at Life Church. We believe that you're the God that that walks among his people. We believe that you can revive your people. We believe you can awaken a dead church. We believe you can awaken dead men. God, you're still the same that you were yesterday, today, and forever. God, and we believe that you're gonna bring about a revival that changes the moral climate of a nation, God. You're gonna bring about revival that brings that sets the heroin addict free. God, we believe it. Hungry hearts host your presence. And we ask you, God, let us be a people that host your glory. Let us be a people that host your presence. Let us be a people that move in power. We honor you, God. We thank you. Let's pray for our church family. Maybe just lay your hand on your neighbor this morning and stand with them and agree with them. God, we stand as a unit. Glory. We stand unified as we stand shoulder to shoulder, hand to hand, and we stand and believe for the breakthrough for our neighbor. We believe, God, that this is the family. This is the unit that you've placed. God, and I pray... Deliverance over individuals right now. God, I pray freedom over individuals right now. I pray breakthrough, God. I pray healing, Lord. God, this is our family and I pray that you would unify us. I pray you would bring us closer. I pray that as we walk through the valley together, as we walk through the shadow of the valley of the death together, God, you would unify us and build us up. Make us closer, God. We honor you. We thank you, God. We thank you for our church family. I'm, I'm so grateful to walk with people that are passionate for God. I'm grateful to walk with people that love Jesus and they make the sacrifice to go deeper. God, I worship you and I thank you that you are so good to our people here at Life Church. God, I pray for gifts and ministries to manifest, Lord there's people that have the gift of prophecy there's people that have the gift of tongues and interpretation God and we want to be a body that operates in that we want to be a body that moves in healing we want to be a body that moves in words of wisdom and words of knowledge God we want to be a body that flows in the gifts of the spirit and I pray that you would move in that God you would move our people you would unction our people to step out in faith thank you God Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing that chorus one more time, Nick. Hallelujah, Lord. You're holy. God, you're an all-consuming fire. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe it, church? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, we worship you, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. He burns up doubt. He burns up unforgiveness. He burns up pain. He burns up sickness. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. You're holy, God. You're holy, Lord. Yes, you are.
1: Holy. Yes.
3: Yes, holy. Come on church, hallelujah. church. He's faithful. Come on, church. He's faithful. You know he's faithful. You've seen his goodness. Come on. Why don't you high five somebody? Tell him he's faithful. Welcome him to church. Get excited about Jesus this morning because he saved you. He changed you. He set you free and placed you on a path into your destiny. morning guys it's so great to see you it's so great to be here why don't you hop you're in a high five when you grab your seat pull up a chair get get comfortable because it's only gonna get better from here come on amen amen, amen. we want to welcome everybody watching by live stream we're glad you joined us this morning and everybody who's here in church I want to say welcome welcome life church how are you good Hey, listen, it's so great to be here and to see all of you here this morning. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and I want to welcome you. If this is your first time here, we're so glad you joined us. Uh, we just asked that after service, you would visit the table in the lobby and fill out a connect card. We got a free gift for you. We want to bless you with a free gift. We want to connect with you, help you find your place in the kingdom of God, help you find your special fit in our church family. Because you know what? Everybody desires to belong, and you belong here at Life Church. Amen. Hey, at this time, if you can turn your attention to the screen, we've got a video for you.
4: Church okay so you guys saw the video right how many of those things that flashed on there anxiety stress addiction hopelessness those things that you've seen uh, either in your own life or the life of somebody else the reality is uh society is it's completely laced with people who need hope uh, the truth of the matter is we're the ones who carry it um, but you know it's important. You know, I, I know how hard it is to evangelize to people. I know it's not an easy thing. Uh, sometimes it's easier than others. But the truth of the matter is uh, approaching strangers or sharing Jesus with people, it's a hard thing to do because we don't know how they're going to respond. Nobody likes rejection. Uh, there's a thousand reasons why we shy away from evangelizing, of reaching out to people. Uh, but I can be very transparent with you and say, you know, Jesus was rejected too, right? So what we've done, uh, God released it in Pastor Bob's heart a couple of years ago that we are going to be a church who evangelizes the lost. That we're called to it. This is not just for the office of the evangelist. This is for the body of Christ. We're supposed to be equipped. So what he did is he got with Elliot and they put together this class called the School of Evangelism for this body. Uh, So we're going into, this is going to be the fourth session, it's a six-week course, it's uh, every Saturday starting October the 8th, going through November the 12th, it's about about an hour, an hour and a half, but what we want to do, we want to equip the church to be be able to see people and respond to their hopelessness, to give you some practical tools, but some spiritual motivation as well. You know, if you don't have a heart for the lost, I'm not going to condemn you, but I am going to speak. This to you. Maybe you should get plugged into this class so you can catch a heart for the lost because we're supposed to be a rescue mission. You know, one of the trinkets we give out to the graduates is this little life uh, preserver and it's symbolic that that's who we are. We're supposed to be a life preserver to the lost. Uh, so, we're, we are inviting you. If you have not been part of the evangelism school, uh, the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. Man, ask God to set your heart on fire for the lost and if you need some practical tools and some, some real motivation you know we have the six weeks and we really have some some intense uh some intense stuff to pour into you guys so if you're interested in learning uh, a little bit more about personal evangelism sign up in the in the foyer and we will see you october the 8th
0: and not just learn but do that was one of the things that I insisted
5: that when the class would begin, I said, "Don't just just do class and then give everybody a certificate and let them go sit back on the, in their chair. You have to take them out on the street, and so uh there, that that's exactly what will happen also. And so if you say, "Well, I don't know if I can do that, well, you're not going by yourself. You'll be out there with others who have done it, and you'll be teamed with them, and you and last week, as I was praying Wednesday morning, as I came over and prayed, um, almost the whole time, God put words in my, in my heart. He said, "Pray pray for the sowers." And He said, "In four areas, there are those who have to break up the hard ground. There are those who will plant the seed. There will be those who will water, and then there will be those who harvest." In all four parts are important go back and read the parable of the sower seed was scattered but it was on hard ground and the birds came and and uh, ate it up so let me tell you there's, there's just times that you're going out there expecting to win the world and and you don't know what you're doing you may just be breaking up some hard ground you might be planting a seed and walking away you may be the one who's watering a seed that somebody plant, burned up the ground, you know, dug it up and planted. And then you may be the one who reaps and you go, whoa, I did this. No, you didn't. Because all you did was harvest. Harvest is easy. It's the, it's the plowing of hard ground. It's the planting of the seed. It's the watering and not seeing anything from it, but knowing that you're a part of the process. And all Wednesday morning, that's all I pray for. That's all I prayed. And I, so I Just that video reminded me of that, and I wanted to share that with you.
0: That's important. So, uh, Galatians chapter 4. There we go. Galatians chapter 4, verse
5: 4 and 5. We read this last week, but I want to read it again. It says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His son born from a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. And the message this week is nine reasons God's timing is perfect. Now last week we spoke a little bit about time and two different aspects of time. We talked about chronos, which is basically uh the linear t- type of time. In other words, we live in chronos time. We live, you know, okay, churches at 10:30, uh lunches at whatever. You know, I mean, I have to be to work at 8 or You know, that kind of thing. That we understand. But we talked about the Kairos moments when God supernaturally intersects where we are. And uh, following that service uh, last week, um, there were people standing out in the lobby for Guwak because they're waiting for their young people who are upstairs being trained in children's ministry and outreach and puppet ministry and everything else. And so we, we had this conversation, and and I, it's, it's weird how it came. I don't remember who started it. I remember who was there, and Sam was there, and Naomi was there, and let's see who else was there. I mean, but we were, we're talking about the fact eighteen years ago I have to see, Seth, were you there? I can't remember no, anyway, but we get, we started talking about this that that it, next month would be eighteen years ago that I came here to this church as as pastor and 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 we were talking about that and then everybody started saying well 18 years ago i wasn't even saved and now eight somebody said 18 years ago i was out on the streets lost you know i mean 18 years ago this and i said well pastor josh you got saved how many years ago 14 that's what i say thinking. 14 right almost 15 years and we got to talking about that and i said and 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 so after i went home i started thinking about it i said All those young people upstairs being trained, they weren't even born yet. See, and you say, why is that important? Um, The week after I resigned the church where I was in Eunice, uh, a pastor here in town invited me to go drive with him to Alexandria. And uh, I think we are playing in a golf tournament. I don't remember. But anyway, he said, on the way home, I need to go see a certain person. And I said, dude, I'm tired. I want to go home. He said, no, I won't just take but a minute. And he said, we're going to go see my friend, Dr. Remedios. I said, that ain't never going to be a minute. I mean, I mean, there ain't no way. Anybody know who I'm talking about, right? That ain't going to be no minute. You know? I said, no, come on, man. He goes, no, he wants me to see his house that he's building. He just finished his prayer room upstairs and all that. I'm like, oh, he's driving. I'm in his car. I don't have any choice, right? And I said, "Please, can we make it short?" So we get there, and it, it wasn't short. And um finally, I think, and it's time to leave, and he goes, "Oh, I haven't showed you the upstairs prayer room yet." And I'm like, "Oh, what are we doing here? You know? And so we go upstairs, and he's telling us why he built this and this and that and this and that and everything. And he goes, "Come on, this you we we need to inaugurate this room. Let's pray now." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, So we start praying and and uh, all of a sudden, he begins to speak prophetically. And I'm thinking the whole time he's speaking over my pastor friend. It was Pastor Tommy Falk at First Assembly at that time. And I'm thinking he's talking about him. So I'm not even listening to what he's really saying because it, he's not speaking to me. And after about seven minutes, he starts saying, and the new work that you are beginning. In this new place. And
0: I'm going, Tommy's been at first for years. Either this guy's missing it, or maybe he's talking to me. And he says, And you don't even know what I have planned for you.
5: And I'm going, He is talking to me. I said, I should have listened to the first half, you know? And and I'm just being honest. I, I wasn't even thinking of telling this, but it just came to mind as I was sitting there. And so all of a sudden, And he says,
0: and I see a four, he says, you have plowed fields and you have have worked like just hard for for every place that you have gone. Every place
5: that God, he said, the Lord has sent you. He said, but now I see a four lane highway coming straight towards you. No obstacles, no roadblocks. Know anything? Revival is coming to your place. You must get ready. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you know. And so I come back, and I'm like, okay, man. I'm. I told my wife. I said, he. In fact, he said. He said, whereas you have labored before, this will be easy. I'm like, yeah. I have followed pastors in moral failures in three churches. And can I tell you, when that happens, they don't trust the next pastor. And I'm just telling you, I, I mean, it's in, in the first church, I, we started it uh, from scratch. I mean, no people. And God said, for the first two years, told me, he said, the first two years, I don't want you taking a secular job. I said,
0: Lord, i got to provide for my family. He said, don't take a secular job for two years. I will provide. No stress. Told my wife, no stress. I'm just telling you, and
5: God did it. So when He says, this is going to be a four lane highway of revival coming to your front door, I'm thinking, woohoo. And the first Sunday we're here, a lady who was here at the time walks up to me. She said, Pastor, can I tell you a dream I had? I said, is it good or bad? She said, I think it's good. I said, You're a doctor. You don't know? And she said, Well, let me tell you. She said, In
0: the dream, she said, The people that were in here got up and walked out on you. I said, what, That's the good part? She said, No, but as soon as they left, she said, The next Sunday,
5: the doors were open, the place was full, and there were hundreds down
0: the street, trying to get in. I said, that's the four-lane highway. I said, oh, but they got to leave first. And then, then
5: he's going to send them. And I'm telling you, in the first few weeks, we had people bugging out.
0: And I'm thinking, okay, where's the people? Where's the people? Where are they at? Come on, Lord. Can I tell you, it hit me last week as we were talking. It said,
5: Dr. Dennis sent me a text a week or so ago. He said, I have never seen such hunger in a place where God is ready to break out. And I said, I know. That's what I told you before. I'm just
0: telling you that. And, and, um, and, but then I thought about the conversation in the hall. To get where we are now. I've been waiting for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? The promise is real. It always has been, in spite of what we see. But God's timing.
5: See, people don't understand the fact that when God gives a promise many times, there's another person or parties on the other end that he has to get ready. You might be
0: ready, but they're not ready yet. And so as I walked away thinking about it, I said, God had, I mean, God had to get you saved, you saved, you saved, you saved, you saved,
5: grown and mature and gone through the things that you're going through, all of you that you're going through to get you where you are right now. So, and I said, I said, to get to have a children's ministry doing what it's doing, student ministry doing what it's doing, to have all these things happening, outreach team that doing what they're doing, it,
0: it's taken 18 years. Because God said, I've got the pieces, but it's going to take a while. But God's time is perfect. It's always perfect, but a lot of times we don't see that. And so I want to help you a little bit this morning, nine reasons
5: why God's timing is perfect. I was thinking about this during the week. In my lifetime growing up, there was a TV sitcom. Some of you will remember because you're old enough, but it was called Father Knows Best. How many remember? Let me see a hand. Oh, look at that, about 10 hands. Wow, that's cool. I mean, I started running run a, a, a promo up there, but I thought, well, you know, it don't matter. But, you know, the show was that father knows best. I mean, it was the idea that dad's going to do the right thing. How, how much different is that compared to today where fathers are... Are presented as nincompoops, idiots, greedy, you know, selfish, and everything else, right? I mean, it, the world slipped on its head. It really has. But the father's time is perfect because father knows best. Say, father knows best. Father knows best. See, we have obligations and we have deadlines. <laughs> We have narrow perspectives about things. We see things like this. And See, all you can see is what's there, but you can't see this that's out here.
0: And we're impatient. Don't tell me you're not. I know you are. I'll ask your family members. All right?
5: But God doesn't struggle with any of those things. His schedule and his timing aren't dependent upon our schedule and our timing. His guidance on our life may come late for what we want or expect, but his timing is nonetheless perfect. Say, God's timing is perfect. Now, here's what we need to understand, and that is that God's timing doesn't mean your timing is worthless, nor does it mean there's no reason. To respect our time or schedule, okay? I don't want you to think, well, if it's up to God, then it doesn't matter what I do. I don't have to do anything. I just sit around and do nothing. No, that's not right. What, what, it, what it simply means is that God knows all and the things occur in perfect time, not ours. He's not saying that our time is worthless. He's not saying that our efforts are worthless. He's not saying yet of that. We still need to work hard, and we need to focus on improving our faith or growing in our faith. So I want to look at this phrase that God's timing is perfect. What does it mean that God's timing is perfect? It is important to understand that his timing isn't our timing. We must understand that first. His time is not our time. I I remember years ago, I heard Dallas Holmes, the singer, say, God told him, he says, says, when I pray, he says, I always answer.
0: And he said, God, I don't think you do.
5: And he said, I always answer either yes, no, or wait a while. See, we don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear no, and we don't want to hear wait a while. We want to hear yes. We have to understand that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't accept or deny a job offer because we haven't heard God's voice. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't make plans because God hasn't given us any plans. The church fell into that trap several years ago. It's called the shepherding movement. And um, it, 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 it was such a trap that the, the teaching was that you had to be submitted to your elders. And your elders were responsible for help. Making decisions for you, and he got so ridiculous that people were calling their elders to find out what color clothes they should wear, whether they should go to work, whether they should brush their teeth that morning, whether they said, t- "I'm serious." It was so ridiculous you couldn't move. And I said, "Where's the liberty in Christ in that? No, God, God didn't create us to be ruled by other people. That's tyranny." The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Now, that doesn't mean God has established order and he has established a rule and things like that. But, I mean, it got to that point where people, they, they couldn't make a decision. They, if you wanted to go to life groups, you had to call your elder first. I mean, or if you wanted to go shopping at the mall, you had to call your elder first. If you wanted to go on vacation, you had to call your elder first. And, and I saw the, the trap in that, and I said, We've got to get away from this. And my wife and I broke off from those people. And we were called every name in the book for over 10 years by our closest friends, saying we were in rebellion, we were going to hell, we lost our salvation, and everything else. And, 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 and it wasn't the truth. We were understanding. But God didn't expect us to live that way. God's timing is a result of our prayers, our knowledge of the word. Why is that? Because God never contradicts his word. And, and consultation with godly counsel if necessary. His guidance comes in so many different ways. And just real quick, I'm going to hit for him. Christians should consult with God through prayer when making a big decision. How many of you have ever made a decision without praying and it come out to backfire on you? Yeah. I'm I'm just telling you, we have to do that. Prayer is essential to just being a Christian, to walking the Christian walk. And the more we develop our faith, and the more we understand God's timing. The second thing is about God's timing is that God's answers also come through the teachings in in his word, in the scriptures. And that's because he doesn't contradict his word. You say, well, I think God wants me to do this. No, he doesn't want you to do that. And I've mentioned this before. Years ago, I had a deputy sheriff where I was pastoring come to me saying, I believe God wants me to divorce my wife and go marry this other woman. And I said, no, he doesn't. And I showed him all through the scriptures. And and he, he refused. I gave him a book. And we came back and talked about it and he wouldn't accept what I said, and he went from pastor to pastor to pastor to pastor until he found a pastor who agreed with him. He divorced his wife and his teenage daughter, left behind, married the other woman who was his first ex-wife, who had come to know the Lord.
0: That was his justification. And within a year and a half, two years, they're divorced. See, God's not going to tell you to, to... to go against his word. He's just
5: not going to do it. So we have to know what God's word says. God also leads in direction and timing with godly counsel. How many of you know that a good plan at the wrong time is is a bad plan? You, You might say, well, I feel like God wants me to do this, and he wants me to do it now. Get some godly counsel. And I'm talking about people who are established and solid in the faith and know the word of God and see what they say. I mean, you you ultimately are responsible for your decision, but get some godly counsel. I mean, it's just important. Don't sit back and wait for God's timing to just occur. I remember one time I went to visit a family in the church that we had started, and she, baby, how many the kids they had? They had six kids, something like that. Her name was Donna. I don't remember her husband's name, but he had got laid off from one of the big ship fabricating places down South Louisiana, and and um, and and their family was struggling. They lived way out in the swamps, and uh, I had heard through the grapevine that he received several job offers, but he wouldn't take them because it wasn't the amount that he was making at the other place. But it was huge compared to unemployment. And he he said, so I went to visit, and he's sitting on the front porch of his house out in the swamp, bro. He just rocking. I said, where's the wife and the kids? He said, they out collecting bottles and, and cans
0: out in the swamps because we ain't got no money for food for dinner tonight. I said, your kids? And I'm talking about little kids of all ages. And the wife traipsing through the swamp looking for stuff they could go sell to get enough food to buy a chicken for supper. And leaning against the... Another door frame on his front porch was a baseball bat. And I decided to pick it up and get his attention. And I just walked over to him and I said, let me tell you what the Bible
5: says. If you don't work, you don't eat. I said, and you're not providing for your family. You got your family traipsing through the swamp while you sit here and turn down job offers because it's $2 less than what you made at the other place. I said, I ought to take this Louisville slugger and administer some wisdom to you. <laughs> he stopped rocking. About that time, what saved him really was that his wife and six kids come traipsing out of the swamp. We got enough, I think, for
0: a chicken.
5: And I remember saying with that bat,
0: and I pointed at her and I said, don't give him any of it let him starve. I'm serious. I
5: know people, they want God's timing and God's direction and everything, and they want to just sit back and wait on it. No, you do what you have to do. I mean, I could tell you stories where my wife and I, we, did, we had to do whatever we had to do. We've delivered telephone books. I mean, we, we've, we've done t- four or five temporary jobs at a time. I caught catfish for a living. I caught crabs for a living. I did all kinds of stuff because I knew that I had to provide. And yet God's promise was this This is where he was. So I'm just telling you, we we can't just sit back and wait for God's direction. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21 says, listen to the counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise in the rest of your days. Many plans are in man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Christians and Scripture can provide valuable insight, insight, and we need to understand it. So let's look at these nine reasons that God's timing is better than our own and why it's perfect. And the first one is that God doesn't have any deadlines. Each day we're confronted with deadlines. Reports have to be submitted at work. Homework must be turned in at school. God doesn't have any deadlines. And he's not overly concerned. I, don't, I hate to tell you this, but he's really not overly concerned about your deadline either. But he does want what's best for you. He wants what's best for you. And if we have deadlines, then we have to follow through on our worldly obligations, knowing that God's timing never occurs in haste. And I'm going to pass this tidbit of wisdom on to you. If you're ever faced with making a decision about anything
0: and you're feeling pressured to make it because of time, back away. I'm just telling you, God's not going to force you in a corner. He's going to give you
5: a choice, but he's not going to force you. And every decision I've ever made because I helped, a haste to make it because somebody was putting it on me was always a bad decision
0: and many times my family paid for it i'm just telling you the second thing is god doesn't have deadlines and god is never impatient
5: he's never impatient his timing isn't rushed
0: His schedule is solely based on caring for his people. And you're a part of it. You're a part of God's flock. You're a part of God's people. Everything he does is based upon what's best
5: for you. Most of us are quite the opposite of being impatient. I mean, I mean, patient. We're we're very impatient. We don't
0: like to wait. I tell you, cell phones and drivers. Drive me nuts at red lights.
5: There was a time you never saw anybody at a red light reading a book.
0: Anybody ever see anybody at a red light reading a book? Just like this, you know. Beep beep. Oh. Put my book down. But now, everybody
5: and anybody sitting there, I mean, they're addicted to their phone they can't, and even when they do start off with the gas pedal, they're still looking at the
0: phone. You never walked into an elevator with everybody looking in a book. You never saw people in a restaurant sitting across from each other reading a book. It just kills me. People sitting in a restaurant and they texting across to each other. They like, talk it's a lost art it really is we live in such
5: a fast-paced society and even the most patient person tends to want quick results i laughed years ago i remember when they first invented microwaves they were like this big and had a dial and they, that's all they had maybe lower and high i mean <clears throat> and then they got fancy and then they had them where they put infrared things inside And then they had it to where you could cook it fast and then slow it down. I'm like, that's what an oven's for. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just crazy. We want it fast, and then we want it even faster. And we we want it yesterday or the day before that or whatever. Patience is a wonderful character trait to develop, and it's even more important when we're waiting on God's timing. And to become more Christ-like, Oh, I hate to tell you this part. To become more Christ-like, then you must become more patient.
0: But understand God's process for developing patience. I remember
5: as a young teenager in the Lord and I was at the altar crying and I was praying, God, give me patience. And the guy next to me hit me. He said, don't pray that, you
0: idiot. I said, ow. I said, why'd you do that? He said, you never pray for patience. I said, why?
5: The Bible says patience is a godly virtue. He said, don't come that way. It's not like God just props it, you know, express mail to your house and here say, here's your patience. I said, what do you mean? He said, look what the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, anytime you read therefore, you got to ask what is therefore? Paul's trying to make a statement here. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, can you say amen? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and so we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. I mean, that's great. Then it goes on and says, not only so, But we also boast in tribulation. Huh? No, I don't boast in tribulation.
0: It says knowing that tribulation produces what? Pray for patience. Guess what you get? Trouble with a capital T. And it comes
5: in wave after wave after wave, and you go, God, what are you doing? You pray for
0: patience. I'm just answering your prayer. I don't pray for patience. There's enough trouble. Jesus said there's enough trouble for this day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Deal
5: with what comes. Be Christ-like in it. Because why? Because patience
0: produces character and character produces hope. The rule that I've used so many times in direction and guidance
5: and counsel is from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. I don't have it on the screen. It says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule or govern your hearts. I have made decisions that I thought were right, and the minute I made them, within a short period of time, all of a sudden I get this, ugh, grieving feeling on the inside. And you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit going, wrong choice.
0: Because you know what? All of a sudden that peace is gone. You see, I could be facing a, a den of lions if it's God's will and have the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule or govern your hearts. That's what's so important. Third thing, God's timing is honest. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? God,
5: I wouldn't lie. I mean, you know, why? Because God's not playing games.
0: Um, he's, not, he's not playing around like, let's see what happens if I just wait. You know, people are like that. You know, nor is there any truth
5: in that God says, if I don't answer right away and I don't give them any direction,
0: um, I can manipulate them into doing what I want them to do. God's not like that. People are. This is the reason that God's timing is better is because it's based on
5: how he answers our prayers. And when we receive guidance in his perfect timing, we get the truth. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, we know it. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Say all your ways. Not just some of your ways. All your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. That tells me that if I don't submit every path, everything to him, then I'm going to end up going out of the way, going down crooked paths, making wrong choices. The Bible is God's truth that we can find our guidance there, and he never contradicts. So God is honest, okay? Number four, his judgment is never clouded. Thank God his judgment is never clouded. How many of you have ever made a major decision without having something else on your mind? I mean, you've you've had to make this decision, but there's something else weighing on your mind also. And it's hard to get clear direction. It's hard to get understanding because you got all these other things going on. When God was speaking to me and my wife about, leaving the church we were at that was just blowing and going and we were so comfortable and it was so wonderful to come here to Lafayette facing bankruptcy and everything else.
0: We took three and a half weeks off to try and talk God out of it. Can I tell you, God has never given in. He may let you just
5: hit your head against the wall and break the wall down and walk through, but you're going to pay for it on the other side. I'm just telling you. And, and our, our minds are so filled with other things. I had pastor friends going, you'd have to be an idiot to go to that church. You'd have to be an idiot. It's, it's career suicide, ministerial suicide to do what you're thinking about doing. Don't do it. My best friends
0: were telling me this. In ministry, were telling me this. I mean, can I tell you, Job had his friends too.
5: And none of them told him anything good. I mean, even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die and do the whole world a favor? I mean, really. It's hard to make clear decisions without being influenced. Sometimes the influence comes from our own desires. Uh, from friends, or most, mostly usually through social means around us, and and we and there, you can actually be influenced and not know you're being influenced. When you get down talking to somebody, you go, "Why is it you feel like you need to do this?" And if they'll be honest, they'll admit, "So and so expects this, or so and so does this." And I've actually interviewed young. Persons wanting to go in the ministry. And I go, what is the bottom line? Why do you want to go in the ministry? I'll never forget one young man told me, he said, because my mother has always told me since I was a little boy, you'd be a great minister. I said, you've got the wrong calling, brother. I said, because if the calling isn't from God, your mama ain't going to be there to help you. I'm just telling you, you just, we're influenced and we don't even realize it. God's timing is precise, it's clear, and he doesn't have a priority checklist of who he needs to answer to first. He doesn't have a list of like, well, before I move in, you know, uh, Pastor Tiger's life, I better check with his wife, I better check with some family members, I better check with Pastor Bob, I better check with Josh, I better check... He, didn't, he doesn't do that. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Job. Most people don't. And, and, uh, but, and Job 38 is awesome. Now, the
0: book of Job is my grandson's favorite book. I don't know why, <laughs> but he loves the book of Job. I took a class on
5: the book of Job by, by, by a, uh, a Jewish rabbi, and he said, anyone who would believe the book of Job is an idiot. He said, read, read the first chapter and read the last chapter, and everything in the middle is no good. I said, really? My Bible says all of this book was God-inspired. Chapter 38 is an incredible book I mean, uh, 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 of Job, an incredible chapter. Go read it sometime. But it's, it's where Job has been asking God questions, and God decides to respond. I'm just going to read a few verses of the whole chapter. He responds through the whole chapter. Look what God says. <laughs> He goes on, uh, let me back up. It says, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Prepare yourself like a man. I love that, prepare yourself like, be a man. Get ready to be a man. And he said, for I'll ask you a question and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Who has determined its measurements, if you know? Or, Or who has stretched the line upon it? To what are its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? The whole chapter is like that. God is going, oh, really? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Can can you answer me this? Can you answer me this? Can you?" I mean, the whole chapter is that way. When you get to the end, you're like, I don't know. I don't know any of that. God goes, but I do. And, and so God's timing is right, and his, his judgment is never clouded. The fifth thing that reasons that God's timing is always perfect, his, his, his timing is better than ours, is because he only has you in mind. Now, there are billions of people on this planet. There are millions that have lived on the earth before your lifetime, and as human beings, our circle of acquaintances is very limited. I love people who love to name drop. Oh, I know it's so-and-so. Like, they're big. But can I tell you, on the scope of knowing
0: everybody on the planet, they're nothing. They're really nothing. I love these people on social media. well, I have 5,000 followers. I have 10,000. I have 300,000. Now, most of them are fake. But compared to all of lifetime and all of history, that's nothing. We can only know so many people,
5: and whether we know it or not, we do prioritize
0: the people around us based on importance. You say, oh, I never do that. Yes, you do. Think about it. How many of you have ever had a phone call and looked and saw who it was said they can wait? Oh. <laughs> Man, I wish you could see what I see. I want capture vision put up there sometime.
5: where we could just have a cap camera sweep the room, right? Because when I said that, there was like 30 of y'all went. I mean, like, it's really like, yeah, you prioritize people based on the importance for most of us. Family is a priority. Friends. And out of friends, you got very close friends. And not-so-close friends, <laughs> right? Then you have church family, and then you have work colleagues. We prioritize those things, and it's hard to manage them all. I mean, all those relationships, they just get... It, it, because there's only so many hours in the day. I, I had a guy one time tell you, I wish God would give us 48 hours in a day. I said, you just end up further behind than you are with 24 hours. I'm just... God has and wants a relationship with each and every one of us and he waits patiently to hear our praise and our confessions and our
0: thoughts and our questions. Listen, God is not offended by your questions. He's not. He can handle them. And he might even answer you. He just might tell you why right then and there. But with you in mind, God's timing is always perfect. You're not second in line. Have you ever gone to the DMV and felt like they forgot your number? I'm like, they skipped me. That really happened one time. They skipped me. Like three numbers. I went up there and I said, Y'all skipped a number.
5: And they said, Oh, and what it was, was two people hit the same thing at the same time, so it, like, jumped two numbers. I'm like, ah, uh-uh. no, 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 no. That don't, that don't happen, right? I mean,
0: <sighs> Romans eight twenty eight. We know. Say we know. Do you really know? You have to know in your knower. <laughs> Your knowers on the inside, you know, that part of you that says, I know.
5: I know what I know what I know. It says, we know
0: that all things, all things, all things mean all things. That all things work together. Sometimes it seems like you're in a whirlwind and it's not working together. Everything's being blown apart. But God's got to blow some things apart so he can put it back together. He says, for all things
5: work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Christ? Then God is working a divine plan for your life. It doesn't look like your neighbor, your spouse, or anybody else. It's yours. So quit looking at everybody else, quit comparing to everybody else and understand that God is working all things, all things, all things, all things together for your
0: good. God's not working them together for his good. I mean, what can God do to improve on himself? But when when he improves on us
5: and he works things together for us, guess what? that in turn turns out to be praise
0: towards him, or at least it should be. God's timing has perspective.
5: God has a perspective for our lives and for our world. He created the world long ago, and his time frame is vast, is far greater than our short lives. And this doesn't mean that God's timing will come after we're gone but it does mean that he has a perspective that we can't understand sometimes. And when you ask why, 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 you sound like a two-year-old who's asking their mama, why, why, and you answer them and they go, but why? And they, you know, I remember doing this as a kid and I, came, I remember going to my mama about something and, and, and she said, because honey, that's the way things are in life. Why? And after about seven or eight times of that, and she's got babies hanging on her, and I love the little ones. She said, because
0: I said so. I went, okay, because mama said so. Can I
5: tell you that some, every time you just go, why, 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 you, are, you have moved out of the realm of faith and trust. God doesn't have to explain himself to you. What you have to do is know that God works all things together for the good of them who love him and are called according to his purpose. I don't have to, he doesn't have to tell me, he, if he, if
0: he, he just doesn't have to. Does that mean I'm not going to follow him? I'm going to follow him wherever he goes, through whatever he throws. There was an old song years ago used to be say, I'll follow wherever he leadeth. And I don't remember the second line, but I remember we changed it. And I'll swallow whatever he feedeth. I
5: don't remember, anybody remember the second line of that song? <laughs> I, I, I've lost it. I'll
0: follow wherever he leadeth, and I'll swallow whatever he feedeth. Ooh. Oh, that was bitter. And God says, but it's good for you. My grandmother on my dad's side, she had this stuff in a bottle called tonic. You had an ingrown toenail, it would cure it. You had a bellyache, it would cure it. If you had cancer,
5: it would cure it. It was called tonic. It was a cross between
0: Dr. Pepper, castor oil, licorice, and milk of magnesia. It was
5: horrible, and I remember she used to come and sp- spend time with us, take care of us while my mom was going to the hospital to have a baby or have a surgery. She'd come down when we lived near them up in New Hampshire, and um, and and one day I remember coming in, or, or my brother came in. She goes, "Grandma," she said, "my head's hurting." She said, "Let me get the tonic," and I remember my, br- my brother running up the stairs. It's better now. <laughs> Just the idea of having to take that stuff made you forget about what was wrong with you. I'm just telling you, did anybody have a grandma like that? I'm telling you, we did. It was called tonic. I really don't know what was in it. It had a label. She bought it at the store. It wasn't something like she concocted. I'm just telling you. But to, compared to God, our perspective is super, super narrow, and it's built around our schools and our workplaces and our places of worship, our family, and all that kind of stuff but there's nothing compared to the perspective of God. John chapter 11 is the best example I can think of in the scripture. Maybe you got a better one, I don't know. But this is the story of Lazarus, remember? And the word has come to him. He said, Lazarus, your friend is sick unto death. And so the disciples start getting ready, like, hey, we need to go see Lazarus, you know? And and Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death no it is for god's glory so that god's son may be glorified through it now jesus loved martha and her sister and her sister and lazarus okay so first jesus says he's not going to die and this is for god's glory so boy sit sit yourself back down and it says so when he heard that lazarus was sick he stayed where he was for two more days pastor you get called on a sick call that somebody's
0: on their deathbed, and you wait two more days, you better be ready to raise them up. And it says, and then he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea.
5: He waited two days longer. Why? Because his perspective was the perspective of his father in heaven And it was totally different than everybody else. Even his disciples didn't get it. So then when he says, let's go, the disciples are like, well, he's not going to die. What's the big deal? And when they get there, of course, we know the sisters come out and they confront him. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of the life. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe this. And he goes, okay, roll away the stone. And they go, oh, by now it stinks, you know, like that's going to, you know.
0: And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, and he comes out bound in grave clothes. And the word spread to Jerusalem. Because where he was was not far but a few miles outside the city. And Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. God's timing and perspective. Why didn't he just. Speak the word like he did with the centurion. He says,
5: just speak the word and my, my servant will be healed. This is God's perspective. He has a reason for everything that he does. Number seven, even his bad timing is perfect. Notice I put bad timing in quotes because God doesn't really have bad timing. There's a story of a man who rushed into the railway station one morning and he was almost breathless as he arrived to the gate and to the ticket agent and he asked what time does
0: the 801 train leave And the reply was 801 And the man says well by my watch it's 759 by the town
5: clock it's 757 and by that station clock it's 804 which time am i supposed to go by and the ticket agent looks at him and
0: says, You can go by any clock that you wish, but you cannot go by the clock on the eight oh one train because it's already left. See, we 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 get confused. We look and go, but but this and but this or if this
5: or this God's timing is never attached to our worldly occurrences. And even though it might seem that you're going through bad timing, it is perfect. Say, it's perfect. God's timing is perfect. There's a reason behind it. I was thinking this morning that today is the anniversary
0: of 9-11, that horrible tragedy that took place, what, 21 years ago? But if you go back and read You'll find stories, multi-
5: dozens and dozens of stories, that of people who were late arriving on the job because of they missed the train, or their car wouldn't start, or one thing or another or another or another or another, and they would have been in those towers had they sur- been there on time. I remember years ago, my wife and I, with a few other people, went to New York City, and we got to spend a day and a half with Jim Cimballa
0: at uh, um, um, what's the name—the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City—and
5: he told us this incredible story. One of the last people, survivors, that was pulled out from under that mountain of steel and concrete.
0: Was a lady in his church, and I forgot how many days she was under there. Days. And he said, and the whole time she's thinking, Why, God?
5: Why? I'm gonna die here. Nobody's gonna find me. But they finally got to her, found her, pulled her out. She survived. And you think, Why? Can I tell you something? When that story hit the news, she went around the world telling the story of what happened buried under the concrete and steel and how she came to Christ from the seed that had been planted before and that she and she was a believer and a follower and that God had resurrected her out of that concrete and steel to tell people that their life is important
0: to God. You say, well, couldn't God do it another way? Go ask him. Why did he do it that way? Because it captured the attentions of tens of thousands of people. To have somebody like that come and speak. How many people were found in the days afterwards with stories that changed
5: their lives? We may not understand everything as to the whys and the hows or even the what ifs, but God's timing is never wrong. Number eight. There are never strings attached in God's timing. Never. Decisions are often made with obligations associated to them in this world. Some are direct through con- contracts. Some are indirect through inferred obligations. But God's timing, whether answered by whether answered prayers, blessings, or challenges, never have strings attached. When God said, I want you to move to Lafayette, I want you to... So, I want you to resign from the church you're at. I want you to go there, and I want you to trust
0: me. There were no strings attached. I could have said no. But I'm so glad I didn't. I am telling you, because God has done
5: in my life and in my family's life and my grandchildren's life and so many
0: other people's lives, so many incredible things that I would have missed out on. Not seeing the hand of God. God will never say, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. Mm-mm. He just says, will you do this and trust me? We go, what's in it for me? Trust me. Just trust me. God's guidance and answered prayers are a result of his goodness, not ours, not ours. Even God's
5: blessings that he provides are with pure intentions. Ephesians 1 and 7 says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to his riches in grace. My my friends, God expects us to act in accordance to his word, but when he blesses us, it's not with strings attached. He doesn't say, I blessed you, but you didn't do what I wanted you to do, and for that reason I'm taking my
0: blessings away. I would never follow a God like that. That's manipulation, and the world is filled with that. God so loved that he gave his son without any promise that anyone would receive the salvation that he offers. Number nine, the last one. Nine reasons God's timing is perfect. Because There's no appointment necessary. Have you ever made an appointment with God? Be careful if you say no. Because you should. God ought to fill your schedule. He ought to be the first thing on your schedule. You know who we put first on our schedule? The people that are the most important. The people that we think can benefit us the most. How many of you can think of somebody on this earth that can benefit you more than God?
5: Really, it's a, it's a great idea for organizing your daily life to spend time with him is to put an appointment on your calendar and hold yourself accountable to, to interact with him. But I stated that God never requires an an appointment, and that's because our heavenly Father, through the name of Jesus, is available any time of day, and He always listens. He's always there. Doesn't matter if it's two in the morning. Doesn't matter where it's at. What part of the world you're in. It doesn't matter. He's there. He's ready. He's He's got your. You've got His ear. You've got His ear. Our timing is limited by hours and days and, and school and work and our need for sleep, but God's timing is never. I just went through real quick some scriptures and I found Jeremiah 29, 11, we know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Micah 7 7, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the Lord of my salvation, my God God will hear me. Lamentations 3, 25 to 26, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is, the good. it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Psalms 90 and 4, for a thousand years in your sight, O God or like in your sight, but as yesterday when it, was, it has passed, or as a watch in the night, I just went, there's dozens and dozens of scriptures about waiting on God for his perfect timing and his perfect direction. And if we're going to subscribe to this idea that God's timing is perfect, there's two final things. And that is that God's timing to
0: act won't always come when we expect it. Or in the way that you expect it. And the second thing
5: is that God's timing is always superior to ours. Always superior to ours. Again, that doesn't mean we just sit around and don't do anything, we don't make decisions or wait for, you know, we got to hear a heaven or a choir
0: or something like that. No. We led by the Spirit of God. And we trust Him in every situation. Learning to walk by faith. I said it last week, walking by faith is hard. There's that old saying is, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That can be applied here too. Walking by faith is hard. I know Christians who have bailed and walked away.
5: Because the first major trial that came their way, they said, I can't do this. And what they should have realized is, that's right, you can't. But I can trust him. I can trust him. I want to pray for you this morning. How many of you
0: feel like you're going through a time of difficulty? whether there's clarification for a decision, choices that need to be made, guilt of poor decisions from the past. If anything that I've mentioned today
5: speaks to you, I want you to just stand right where you're at. I want to pray for you. Come on. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, the enemy loves to beat us up about past decisions. You know what I can say about past decisions? They're in the past. And God says, I am able to redeem the time." I can make up for lost time. I can make up for poor decisions. I can set it to where you can build on those. I can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Do do we say those things or do we really believe those things? I wanna say that every one of you right now Or where you are is because of choices you've made in the past, good and bad. But I tell you that God has a present and a future for you that is so powerful. If you just put yourself in the place to let him have his way. Anyone else? I see we had two more stand. Anyone else? I want to pray. Those of you who are seated, if you look around and see someone standing, would you feel open just to stretch your hand towards them or go towards them and lay your hands on them? Because I could tell you that some of them feel absolutely isolated and alone. If you were standing before all these people got up, raise your hand so they know who you are so they know who to come pray for. He's the God of hope. He's the God of tomorrow. He's the God of today. You know, in the news, they've been having stories of because of the drought across the world <coughs> cities that they didn't even know existed have come immersed out of the out of the earth cuz they've been underwater they've been flooded all this time and i think some God. and i was reading it the other day i was looking at these pictures of these places and i realized god you allow a spiritual drought to come into our lives to reveal the things that need to be made whole to help us discover changes that need to be made in our lives Father all across this sanctuary right now there's people standing they've been honest and saying God you've been speaking to my heart this morning and I thank you Father that I'm here and I'm hearing you and I'm responding in the manner that you desire for me to respond Holy Spirit, right now, make clear, bring clarity of mind, clarity of heart to them. God, blow away the confusion, blow away all the voices that are not of you, Lord God. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, help them see the things that have happened in the past have been with purpose have been with purpose to bring glory and honor to your name and to work out your character in our lives. We we often say, God, where are you? And God, if we'd listen, we'd hear you saying, I'm right here, right in the midst of it, working a work that you cannot see right now, but you will. I hear that in my spirit right now. God is saying I'm working a work that you cannot see right now but you you will. you will you will you will you will you will that speaks to you I want you to say I will, I will I will God is working a work in me that I will see I will see, I will see will see it. God, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. God, it's dark. But God, I trust you. I trust you. Holy Spirit. Incline us. To hear your voice, which is usually the small whisper down deep inside, among all the other voices speaking in our life. Jesus, 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 we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord.
2: We you pray. are the final word. You alone decide when every page will turn. So I will trust your timing, I will rest secure. Oh, this yes, is a faithful kind of love. You are. You are the final Lord You alone decide when every page will turn.
5: Yes, Lord.
2: So I will trust Your timing. I will rest secure a faithful kind of love
5: You, you Lord
2: I'm trusting your perfect me oh, I'm trusting in you <laughs> Trust your tiring, I will rest secure. Oh, this is a faithful kind of love. You are the final word. And you alone decide when every pain will turn trust your timing. I will rest secure. Oh, this is a faithful kind of love. Oh, you are the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Emmanuel, God, Us, you're here with me. You are the everlasting. here with me. Wonderful counselor, I am resting on your shoulders, your shoulders. you're here with me wonderful counselor i am resting on your shoulders in you, cause my hope is in you, and my trust is in you, my hope is in you, my trust is in you. Wow so I- I step in. I long to see your glory as Moses did. Shades of light and rose of thunder.